Welcome everyone to the weekly spotlight from Diversity in Apps. My name is Kabir Seth. And I'm Amy Kraft. And we're so happy that you guys could join us. Uh, Diversity in Apps is a grassroots coalition. We're made up of researchers, producers, parents, and educators. And our mission is to raise awareness and engage in research about the need for inclusive, equitable, and diverse children's media. So Amy and I do this podcast on a regular basis, and that's one of the ways that we spread the word about what we're doing at Diversity in Apps. We also send out a weekly newsletter, and in that newsletter we usually have a couple articles that we talk about on this podcast, and we sort of use it as a way for you guys to listen to this podcast, share those articles with like-minded folks, and continue to spread our message. So we want to start setting up our podcast in sort of a more focused way. So we want to talk about newsy stuff at the beginning and then sort of dig into a little bit more stuff, um, a little bit more focused, either with a guest or with um, just what's been going on. So this week we're going to cover the news and we're also going to talk about Halloween, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Amy, is Halloween your favorite? I don't know if I call it a holiday, but is it your favorite holiday? It's it, yeah. If I had to drop every other holiday and pick one holiday, it would be Halloween. Okay. I love it. Okay, <laughs> I th- it's definitely moving up my uh, my list. I um I love Thanksgiving, but I think it's mostly because I was born right around Thanksgiving. So ah uh, nice. Um, it's hard to hard to beat that. The birthday. Yeah, I think Halloween gets better with having kids. I agree. I, I go all in on my kids' costumes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've I've definitely it, that's exactly why it's moving up with the with the kids moving the picture. So before we jump into Halloween, we wanted to start on a couple things. And the first is um, is really around a new Disney live action version of Mulan. So Disney has announced that they're doing quite a, uh, quite a few live action versions of these animated films. So Beauty and the Beast is getting the live action treatment. There's been rumors around The Lion King. Um, yeah, Cinderella, well, and also because did. Cinderella did yeah. quite well. So. And then... There's one. I feel like I'm forgetting one. Am I forgetting one? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so Mulan was just announced that um, there's going to be a live action version in 2018. And this week, um, a, a pretty notable blog, Angry Asian Man, um, received a, I guess it was an email, but really it was, a, it was a note saying that the spec script for Mulan, someone close to the film had, had seen the spec script that, was, that Disney bought. And um, they had they had changed the story um, to where really it was it was a Mulan falls in love with a a white male, and the white male was really the hero of of the story. So um, it didn't take long for the internet to sort of jump all over this. Um, Twitter was was going crazy. There was online petitions, and I want to say it was within the same day, right? Um, Variety. Mm-hmm. It might have been the same day or like the next day, Variety quoted a source close to the film. That's like how they uh, how they mentioned them. They were um, or or attributed. They were close to the film. They said that all the main characters would uh, would be Chinese and that the love interest as well was also Chinese. So. A couple of things. And here. Disney has said that they are definitely looking for a Chinese actress to play right. Mulan. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. I, I left that part out. Yeah, exactly. They 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 Disney itself has said that. So a couple things first. Like I'm a bit skeptical. So 
it may be my own bias, but I'm more skeptical of this variety source as the, the person close to the film saying that, you know, they're looking for, or th that they have all Chinese, um, all the characters are Chinese, the, the, um, and the person that, that she falls in love with is Chinese. So I'm skeptical just because I don't know why I can't, you know, Disney just should just release this statement, right? Saying, saying that, I don't know why they need an anonymous source. Mm -hmm. Um, but it could also be a case that this like online outrage is what caused, you know, maybe the, the spec script was one way and they sort of changed it because of this outrage, right? Well, and also a lot of people have come forward and say, well, that's a lot how spec scripts work. It's like, all right, here's like a way of going forward, but you often get a lot of rewrites. And hopefully like this internet outrage will say, you know, not only do we not want a white savior movie for Milan, it's also Milan should be at the center of mm -hmm. it. Like if it also stops being like a feminist story, like that's going to upset a lot of fans as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think um, I'm fine if there's no love interest. Like exactly. It, sh it should just be like, <laughs> I, I don't understand what you're saying. How would a movie work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess it's sort of like, it's a, it's a wait and see thing. Like it, it is, we'll see what, what 2018, um, brings. I think, um, the other piece of this, which again, you take with a grain of salt, um, IMDB still has the, the writer's the original writers of the spec script who basically wrote the white savior piece, they are still listed as the writers on mm -hmm. the movie. And I understand anybody can edit IMDb like, you know, that it, it just might be a case that they haven't updated, et cetera. So, um, you, everything has to be taken with a grain of salt, but, um, it will, we'll see how, what happens in it and i hope they stay trade they stay well, true to the story yeah it'll be interesting if, if disney is also watching what's going on with the great wall the new matt damon movie <laughs> which is very much accused of the same thing right. and matt damon again in sort of racially insensitive news saying like he's so bummed about this and why don't people just see the movie first and <laughs> Not quite understanding. It's like, I don't necessarily want to go spend my money on right. what I think might be a white savior movie. So, I mean, I think that's a perfectly legitimate criticism. Yes, you do base movies that you want to see on the trailer. Because he's like, you can't base it on the trailer. You have to go see the movie. It's like, no, movies are super expensive. And right. I'm going to base it on the trailer. Yeah. Then why do you make a trailer if like yeah. we shouldn't base it on that? Exactly. Like, but also, like, I, you know, he doesn't have the great. He's like such yeah. a great liberal guy right? right but he doesn't he's got a little bit of a blind spot. he has a clear blind spot on this yeah it's very uh, clear so um so that yeah we'll we'll uh I, I think this criticism is sort of there was um didn't was it tim burton who else had a comment about this yeah so tim burton <laughs> it was in the news for miss peregrine and right. like it's a fantasy world. Why can't we have more characters of color? And his response it was very much of, uh, you know, well, that would just be distracting because, you know, if you do it just to do it, it's distracting. Like it just, it was yet another like thing of coming from this place of privilege where you're used to seeing white as default. Right. So for him, white is the default unless there's a reason, um, to cast somebody of color. Like he wouldn't just do it just to do it. And yeah. I think his movies have certainly borne that out. And Samuel Jackson has been talking about this on his uh, publicity for the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think the, um, it's all these fantasy worlds. I think, I, I think I stumbled across this one 
a couple of years ago when I was like people in forums would talk about how um, well it's I mean why would there be black people and it's like because it's a I mean like what do you mean like what kind of question is that like he's like well you know there there's just no black people in Game of Thrones or there are no black people yep. in um, when you buy dragons but not black people like it's like that's where your logic is <laughs> <laughs> is perhaps a little right. lost <laughs> so all right. So the other piece that uh, there was a couple other things that you wanted to talk about with um, or that you saw with the with the new cover girl, right? Oh, I'm just this couldn't have come in a better week for me. <laughs> <laughs> so cover girl has announced its first male cover girl spokesmodel. So a cover boy, if you will. Right. Um, it's a 17 year old boy named James Charles, um, which he became known on YouTube for senior pictures that went viral with just like just his makeup is perfection like mm -hmm. he's giving me real makeup goals um, <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just it, it can't be understated the importance of this and I think coming at the time that it is of when we really need to talk about what does it mean to be a boy and a man in our culture and that there's not just one way to do it. And in fact, you know, this week for me, like it really thinking about like the man's man in mm -hmm. our politics um, can be really toxic. Um, right. So I think seeing this beautiful boy as a cover boy for cover girl, is just makes me, unbelievably happy and I think it sends the message to our boys that like boys can be so many different things mm -hmm. you know like it doesn't always have to exist on this binary and it sends that message to our girls as well too sure. um so it just it fills me with total happiness <laughs> yeah it was it was really exciting to see um I I didn't I didn't actually know that cover girl was still around like are they <laughs> Um, You're not into the whole makeup scene. No, um, this was this was news to me, but um, you're absolutely right. I I think the contrasting it with sort of the week that we've we've had, and um, you know just the um, the tenor of sort of how boys respond to to what they're seeing. I mean, like. I've heard anecdotal stories of just sort of how what what's happening on the political scene, sort of what that video showed contrasted with then the behavior that's going on at schools and what's considered yeah. appropriate. And um, you're right. I, I think boys need to see that, see this and girls need to see it. Um, and, and for boys to see, like, not only is this okay, this is being celebrated. Mm -hmm. So something that could get a boy bullied in one situation is now being celebrated on this big stage. Um, you know, and there are great pictures of him with Katy Perry and, right. you know, so it's like celebrate it. And, um, you know, I read one post about, it's like, this could save lives. And it, it feels like, well, that might be a step, but if it's really like somebody who's in a bad place mm -hmm. about being who he is and seeing this, you know, a lot of my friends who shared stories on coming out day, that was also this week. Yeah. Um, you know, when you read the stories, it's, they all involved finding somebody like me and knowing that it's okay. Right. You know what I mean? So I feel like this is a really great step forward. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, yeah, you, you, I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly right. So that, um, so that's our, our, we, we get 
um, sometimes feedback that we talk about too many negative things. So like, that's a positive thing, right? And we have one yeah. more, right? I have one more positive yeah. thing. Yeah. Did you like Guardians of the Galaxy? I loved it. I, I, loved it. I mean, it was, it was last summer, right? Yeah. It was, I, I thought it was like, it was the, the best movie of the summer, if not one of the best movies of the year. I thought it was yeah. great. It was such a great surprise. Right. However, there was the moment of like, you know, Zoe Saldana's Gamora is still like the just, I'm the strong woman in the cast and right. I'm the only one. Um, so, you know, like it, it wasn't without problems, but I still loved it. Yeah. But now James Gunn has been this great quote about what we can expect for Guardians of the Galaxy galaxy volume two i think he's one of the people in hollywood and i think as people really start to listen to some of these criticisms looking at you mad damon um <laughs> like it, it can actually show up as change so there's this i'm going to read the whole quote because it's great i can't wait for you all to see guardians of the galaxy volume two with gamora and nebula and mantis in action where we not only pass the bechdel test but run over it and back up over it again and again in an 18-wheeler truck and where their stories and the men's stories don't come at the expense of each other but are interwoven in a way to strengthen and optimize all of them. High five, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody who gets it. So I guess if, if people are listening, I, I, Amy, do you want to just sort of describe what the Bechdel test is? The Bechdel test is the lowest possible bar that you can try to pass um, when you talk about women's roles in movies. It's where you have two named characters, two named female characters, who have a conversation in the movie together about something other than a man. So, you know, like in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, yes, there were more than two female characters, but they always talked about the men at the center of the movie. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, if their story is always in service to the men, that's like a really great way of saying it. Now it seems ridiculous that that should be hard to pass, but so few movies pass this very easy test. Right. So to hear someone like James Gunn, like talking about the Bechdel test, the fact that it's like become this well-known benchmark, like it's great. I think, you know, we're seeing change happening. Yeah, for sure. I think we're seeing change happening. Um, there was, I mean, when you said that, it sort of made me think of this week, I think um, the Penguin Random House CEO um, talked about how, you know, there's this idea of, of publishers taking a risk by publishing authors of color should no longer be thought of as a risk. I mean, it should be right. the way that we're doing business. And you can see that with the, the movie business. They're thinking about the Bechdel test and um, clearly set on destroying it, which um, <laughs> which is fantastic. So, right. um, so yeah, I, I think some, some really great stuff there. We'll obviously link to that in our newsletter. Um, anything we leave out, we'll make sure that we also have in, in the show notes. Um, before we jump to um, do's and don'ts for the Halloween stuff, I did just want to say, if you do enjoy listening to this podcast, Amy and I love um, sharing this information. Um, do sh do give us a review on on iTunes. It really helps more people discover it. So um, please go ahead and and do that. We love the feedback and we love hearing from all of you. So um, so let's jump into our main focus for this week: 
Halloween is coming up in a couple weeks. I, um, like we said at the, at the top, I've been coming, I've been starting to love Halloween more and more. I think I just start to love fall. I love the idea of apple picking and hay rides. It's just, um, it's just awesome. So we wanted to kind of structure this around do's and don'ts for your Halloween costume. And this kind of got started a couple weeks ago. Um, Disney has a new movie coming out, Moana. Um, when it's scheduled for ho- holiday time frame? Uh, November, I November. think. November, okay. okay. So like Thanksgiving. Um, and they, in anticipation of this movie, they had put out a costume. It was both a Halloween costume and a pajama set for kids that basically was like brown facing. Like mm-hmm. the, the costume was essentially like you were putting on this skin of so the movie's um based around um this character Moana who joins with this demigod Maui and the Maui costume has a bunch of you know Polynesian tattoos and essentially was like a a brown skin bodysuit mm-hmm. and um people were just like what in the world like how can you possibly think um this was a good idea and it sort of again, brought to the forefront um, this idea of, of cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. And sorry. You yeah, to... sorry. What, what was in, What's interesting about this one, because we've talked about in the podcast before about what great pains Disney is making. You know, mm-hmm. we were talking about Milan earlier, but with Moana, that they've really brought on Pacific, you know, a bunch of people of Pacific Island descent to work right. on this movie and are really trying to be culturally sensitive about the way that they do it to the point where people are very excited to have this representation. Yeah. So what becomes interesting there is, and this is something, again, you know, we're working on for our toolkit, is marketers need to have the same message, people in marketing, people in licensing, because what happens is, like, what makes the movie really great is sometimes lost in the marketing efforts. And there are some people who are saying, like, any costume based on the Moana um, characters could be problematic, you know, that they are cultural appropriation. And what if, as a licensor, you said, maybe it is not appropriate to have costumes for this, or let us work with our consultants on this and think about what is the way to do it? If we did the grass skirt, would that be enough? You know, it's like, you know, I don't know necessarily what the answer is to that, but I am also not a Polynesian, so. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I think, so the the article, um, I thought did a good job of sort of defining what cultural appropriation was. We had an article last week in our newsletter that sort of talked about nine, um, nine dangers of, of cultural appropriation and, um, was, was really well put together. This one sort of summarized, you know, cultural appropriation is when a dominant group takes on the symbols, rituals, and practices of another cultural, especially a less powerful minority or marginalized group and uses it with little understanding of those symbols or culture. So, um, like you said, I, I think Disney has, has continuously done, a, uh, you know, they've done a better job, especially with this movie of, um, of trying to, to not do that. Um, and I think this, this was just a big miss. I think, um, you know, the article really puts it out there like Disney was literally selling the dark skin of a less powerful group, the Pacific Islanders mm-hmm. for consumers to wear for fun. And um, I think what they talked about was 
that you're sort of taking this culture, um, selling it in a, in a mass market, and then the people whose culture you're sort of using is are not getting anything in return. And there was some push to like, can some of the proceeds, whether from the licensing, et cetera, go back to um, to these Pacific Islanders that um, to the um, sort of communities that that you're portraying. So mm-hmm. I don't know if anything came of that, but um, even then, I it's hard to argue that that would still make it right because sure. I think one of the great points in this cultural appropriation post is it lets people show love for the culture but remain prejudiced against its people. Yeah, and yeah. it's so interesting. Like whenever people argue, it's like. Well, you know, when people of color dress up as Captain America, why isn't that a problem? You know, it's like, okay, you just, how do we unpack this? (laughs) You know, there's not a history of oppression with white superheroes, you know, things like that. So um, it's really, it becomes an interesting argument or like um, things that, aren't cool for the group that wears a more like too ethnic for people of color are like just fine for white people to take that on, you yeah, know? And yeah, I think exactly. that's where a lot of people in the music industry, you know, we talked about Gwen Stefani recently, right. um, you know, where it's just like white people just sort of wearing it. Someone's culture as a costume, it becomes really problematic. Yeah. Katy Perry has been criticized for the same thing mm-hmm. when she was dressed as a geisha. Um, and you know, she sort of played it off as like, I'm celebrating Japanese culture. But again, that goes straight to what you were saying about not then understanding the history of, of what you're doing. I think like it, it just has to do with sort of power, history, oppression, these pieces that like sort of have to be understood. Um, you know, that, that article also talked about Pocahontas and how like, you know, if your daughter wants to dress like Pocahontas, you know, you need to be aware of that. You know, she was abducted as a teenager, forced to marry an Englishman, and used as propaganda for racist practices. So mm-hmm. um, maybe cross that one off your list. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, there's also a good Daily Dot article that's just like a couple simple do's and don'ts. No black face or brown face. <laughs> and gosh, college kids, if you can't learn from this and not Snapchat pictures of yourself in blackface, like it's so shocking to me that this, uh, you know, the social media generation, not that I'm not a social media person, but like these, you keep seeing kids get thrown out of college Mm -hmm. for doing like these really racist posts. Um, So just number one, no blackface ever. Yeah. There is never a good way to do that. So don't no. do it. Yeah, just don't do um, it. Um, but that's not to say, like, in this Daily Dot, like, it's a woman who dressed up as Prince. And, you know, you can dress up like Prince and people recognize you as Prince because of your purple jacket and your fancy blouse um, without going in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and ignorance is not an excuse here. Like, right. if, you, if you have questions about it, like, ask your smarter friend or something. <laughs> exactly um and then just the traditional clothing of another culture it's not a costume so here the native american comes up every Mm -hmm. year you know or throwing on a sombrero for (laughs) your party you know it's just like don't no don't (laughs) right exactly Um, and then another good one was like making joke costumes of horrible things from the news you know, yeah. I say like women right now are being triggered enough without your Bill Cosby costume. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, and I think someone had like, um, regardless of what you think of her, like the Kim Kardashian like robbery costume. Oh, yeah. Offensive. Terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and although it really like lets me know something about you, I think <laughs> <laughs> you choose right. that that costume. Um, th- this woman also makes a good point of no sugar skulls. Like the Day of the Dead, like those skulls are so beautiful and so appealing. And she uh, says they're like all these Pinterest tutorials of how to do your makeup like that. But it's like no, those have real meaning right. in Day of the Dead. That's not for you. You know, that's not your costume. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I think the so like the cultural appropriation piece, um, like that has to be taken into account. And then um, sort of there's always this like boy girl costume, and you actually <laughs> sent me this great cartoon. Right? Yeah, this this cartoonist Gemma Corral. We'll put a link to it. Yeah. It's a boy and a girl, and there's a big sign that says Halloween costumes. And the boys' costumes are vampire, pirate, doctor, superhero. And the girls' costumes are sexy vampire, sexy pirate, mm-hmm. sexy nurse, sexy supergirl. <laughs> um, and I have to say, like, when I went into, when it was, like, my son's first real dress-up Halloween and I went into Target, I was also taken by the fake muscles in all the boys' costumes. Oh. So, like, suddenly there was, like, a boy equivalent of the sexy girl costume in that. It was, like, why Why do we need fake muscles on our little superhero boys? They're, like, four. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's going the other way, too. Like, it, yeah, it's really interesting. But this woman, Gemma Carell, like, she also has really funny other sexy costumes, like sexy teenage boy laundry basket, <laughs> sexy German textbook, um, and straight-up legit. Someone's already made a sexy Ken Bone costume oh. from the second presidential debate. Um, undecided voter Ken Bone. Yeah, Ken Bone uh, apparently <laughs> had some interesting Reddit comments that came out today. So, oh, interesting. I, I might not be on the Ken Bone train. Well, I don't think I was ever really completely on it. So, um, well, he's also got a hashtag now: the Bone Zone. So. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Coles has sold out of his red sweater. So oh my god! Very exciting Halloween costume. Nice. <laughs> I wonder how many people actually remember the question he asked. Um, um, but it's interesting. So, like, the sexy costume has always been problematic for me. Yeah. And like this, we're also seeing Ghostbusters. Like, if you want your Ghostbusters thing, it's like sexy Ghostbusters. <laughs> and like no <laughs> I know I mean like there was this other link that we were looking at with the worst kids Halloween costumes and the ones for the girl like I found the, the girl one so much more offensive like this there was one that was just called Major Flirt like mm-hmm. it was this supposed to be this army looking outfit but like you know this like who would want to wear that leopard diva there was um trying to find these other ones that were just like yeah so the fallen ridiculous. angel you know? yeah the fallen angel one <laughs> but um, yeah that like it's it, i mean it definitely is true like if you try to find a women's halloween costume like none of them you know i am not 20 anymore like i couldn't even wear any of these if i wanted to but that there really is 
unless you make your own costume, your choices are to be something highly sexualized mm-hmm. or like put on a giant hot dog costume and be done with it. You know, it's like big unisex. Right. Like, it's just, it's so shocking to me always. Like, yeah. the, like the, that's the expectation for women on Halloween and that it's trickled down to our girls at such a young age. Right, right, exactly. It's at a such, such a young age. It's ridiculous. I actually have a gender-related story. So um, Rohan, my little guy, is, uh, has gotten really into Star Wars over the probably the last year. I wonder how that happened. I have no idea. It's just it's really <laughs> weird. Um, and so he, this, this year we were talking about Halloween. I was like, what do you want to go for for Halloween? And he was like, Ray. I'm gonna go as Ray. Yay! And um, I was so excited because I I love Ray. Like I just that was I mean she was obviously my favorite character in um, in the new one, and I I just thought she was awesome. So um, so a couple I think it was like a week and a half ago, or my uh, my brother in law texted me and he was like, oh I'm at the I'm at this Halloween costume store in in Jersey. Do you want me to pick up the kids' costumes? What do they want to go as? And I was like, well, um, you know, it's fine. You don't have to do it. And he was like, no, 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 I can, I can do it. I'm standing right here. I was like, okay, um, Rohan wants to go as Ray. And he's like, who is Ray? And I was like, Ray from Star Wars. He's like, and so he immediately texts me back. He's like, Ray is a girl. <laughs> and uh, my uh-huh. wife was copying on it as well. And she was like, she just wrote back, yes, she is. Rohan wants to go as Ray. And he was like, are you sure? And my wife was like yes i'm sure he wants to go as ray and he and so my brother-in-law was like i'm not picking up a girl's costume <laughs> only if he's really sure we were like well he's really sure and he's like well let him think about it we were like, okay. <laughs> so needless to say he did not pick up the costumes but the uh the ray and the bb8 costume for uh for my little girl is coming this next week so from so good but i think like that's exactly like what we're talking about with this cover girl model Mm -hmm. because like by telling ron like at a very young age yeah go is right that's cool she is an amazing character why wouldn't you want to yeah and you know if you keep getting kids like that that is okay before they're told by a million other factors that it isn't like, it's just like, that's what parenting is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I know, I don't know how much longer I can hold off the dam, but like I'm, I hold off the water, but like I'll, I'm going to try. Right. Like, so it's exciting. I'm I'm really excited to see him. And I'm also excited for him to continue to say, come on, BB eight to his little sister. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I, I do wonder if it's easier to do that in some areas than others. Like I was yeah. thinking about this yesterday. My son, who's in first grade, got two rings out of the vending machine at the grocery store. And it happened that he got two of the exact same ring. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to give one to my best friend, Connor. And it's like, yeah, here's my little boy bought two rings. And now he's got like little matchy rings with his BFF. And I'm like, I love that so much. You know, that's just like, I I was kind of worried as he got into kindergarten and first grade and loving to play with dolls and like doing all this other thing that that would be sort of like beaten out of him in school by his peers. Mm -hmm. But so far, so good. So Fingers I'm excited. Crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. um, but 
Yeah, it's interesting. I always, you know, it's interesting seeing like these like worst offensive kids Halloween costumes. And I have to admit, some of them I find really funny. (laughs) Those are the ones that are like the age inappropriate ones. Like, I don't know if you saw like a year or two ago, it's like these two little boys going as Walter White and Jesse from Breaking Bad. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I love that so much. I know. Even though people are like, that's horrible and offensive. But um, I think in part, it's sort of like it's the personality of the parents, obviously. I will admit a couple years ago, I tried to convince Ozzy to go as a king. And then I was going to go as Cersei from Game of Thrones. So he'd be Joffrey. (laughs) Like I just tell everyone he was Joffrey. (laughs) But in his eyes, he would just be a king. But I was talked out of it. (laughs) Really? I love that. But Cersei and Joffrey, it's a yeah. great mother-son. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh. um, but, yeah, it's like, I get it. It's, you know, people could be offended by that. But I don't know. Like, it's something funny. But there's also something to me, like, if it's sort of like a joke costume that mm-hmm. somebody makes versus one that's manufactured. Like, you and I were looking at one that was, like, baby pimp. And it's like, really? Why is this a thing that is sold to people? Yeah, that's a good point. I think if you make, if you go through the effort and make it, and it's clearly like tongue in cheek, right. I think you know you're clearly having fun with it. That being said, like that doesn't mean if you made the sombrero and put it on your head, like right. it's no longer like offensive. Like, yeah, um, yeah, but. For like anyone who's getting frustrated with this or who wants to call it political correctness run amok, it's like, don't be a jerk to people. Yeah. You know, and there are like a million things you can be <laughs> that are clearly not offensive. So exactly. Just pick exactly. That one. So um, if you're gonna do something that's borderline, like be prepared to own it and defend it and Yeah, you know. for sure. Exactly. And um <laughs> I think yeah, it's a, it's a pretty easy thing, and we'll uh, we'll definitely link to um, to the do's and don'ts, and then um, a few of the other um, links that we saw on there. But I'm excited. I do have to ask you the most important question, Amy. Do you like candy corn? Yeah, but oh. only it's kind of like candy canes. Like I'll have like a few pieces, and it's like, yep, had that. Oh. <laughs> I just find it so disgusting. Like, I think it's just so gross. And Have you seen the Lewis Black bit on to candy, candy canes during the holidays? Like, yeah. I'll eat like a hundred candy canes before I eat that candy corn. I remember I when like I used the to candy go, corn pumpkins. When I used to go trick or treating, and somebody would like be handing out candy corns. I was like, "Are you serious? Like, what? What is this? It's disgusting." I, I like them. I like them. Hey, but you would enjoy the Lewis Black comedy bit about candy corns if you haven't seen it. Oh, no, I'm going to find it and link to it. Like, like he goes in like every year, sees the bowl of candy corn. It's like, oh, candy corn. And then puts it in his mouth. It's like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> why did I eat that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fortunately, I never make so that if, mistake. So if you want to share your candy corn rage, you have to do it with Lewis Black. All right. I will. It's it's just gross. People don't eat it. Um <laughs> Yeah, right. I have to finish making my kids' Halloween costumes. We are, of course, a very Pokemon family this oh, year. Yeah. We've got awesome. a Jigglypuff and a Fennekin in the works. All right. I will say, here's a pro tip for anyone who wants to make a Jigglypuff costume. <laughs> Target has a donut costume 
that if you flip it inside out, it is a perfect pink Jigglypuff circle. <laughs> wow. Good but to next know. year's costume is going to be a donut. <laughs> a... <laughs> it was a twofer. <laughs> there you go. That's a, yeah, because that's the other thing. These costumes are not cheap. So, no. yeah, if you, can, uh, if you can make them, if you're crafty like Amy, um, make it happen. But... Yeah, our best ones that we've made, my daughter wanted to be a pancake. And we made a pancake one, which will go really well with the donut next year if my son wants to wear the pancake. Nice. Um, and one year, my daughter was a dragon coming out of a castle. And I had made the dragon, like, sort of dragon scales onto a hoodie. And my husband made, who is an architect, made a cardboard castle with, like, a functional drawbridge that she walked around. Holy cow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like, Ask your kids for their Halloween ideas. Like, if you ask them, like, not in the costume aisle, they'll come up with some crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and if you make it happen, it's like, like, her costumes have been memorable. I agree, I agree with that. I think when, when you make them and, and people are like, wow, that's just awesome. I mean, I, I remember even when, uh, back in college, um, when Pyle and I were dating, Pyle, we went as peanut butter and jelly. Oh, I still cute. have that picture, and it's like she just did an awesome job with that. And like, it sounds so simple, but like, it was a cool costume. I was excited. Yeah, um, yeah, cool couples costumes and group costumes are just always the best. Agreed, agreed. All right, everyone. Um, so enjoy Halloween over the next couple of weeks. Enjoy fall apple picking and football and and hay rides. It's just I, I love fall. I love um, fall too. And, and check out our, our links this week. And Amy, where can we find more of your stuff online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Media Macaroni and Monkey Bar Games. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. And we will talk to you either next week or the week after. Stay tuned.